Welcome to System Mastery, the podcast where we beat a dead horse for a weird, indeterminate amount of damage, as befits the god of beating dead horses. This week, we try to peel back the thick carapace of crazy to unveil the engine at the core of Nobilis, the game of playing as some kind of flower-obsessed half-gods. John already called dibs on being the Duke of Nuts. The Duke of getting your dick wet. God yeah. damn it! <laughs> I'm the Marquis of fuck you. <laughs> Welcome back to System Mastery. I'm running with this fucking take. The Duke of fuck you gives no fucks except to you. Yeah. Hi, I'm John. Uh, Jeff, and this is John. <laughs> You've completely forgotten entirely who you are now. You've been so subsumed into the role of the Duke of fuck you. It's uh, the Marquis. The Marquis. Oh, you're even more powerful. That's correct. I think. I think. I don't remember. Uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, whatever. All right. Welcome to System Mastery, the podcast where each week we get together and attempt to review a old or forgotten or bad role playing game. Uh, this week we review Nobilis. Yeah, it's, uh... One of those. It is certainly one of these, and we're <laughs> we're going to find out which one it is. Come with us on this journey. <laughs> okay, so Nobilis is around 2004-2005. Yeah. was yep. the release date. It's written by Jenna Moran. A.K.A. Rebecca Bergstrom. A.K.A. The, uh, the go- woman that Buck Cherry was singing about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, is there another actual A.K.A.? I don't know. I'm sure she's probably got four of her own. Oh, my God. Okay, so Nobilis is a game... Oh, let's start with this. Jenna Moran, or Rebecca Bergstrom, has written a couple of books. She's kind of a darling of writing RPGs. She wrote the Fair Folk book for uh, first and second edition Exalted. Which was... uh, Uh, It's the the Voynich Manuscript. It's basically just a bunch of pictures and scribbles that doesn't add up to anything you can use. (laughs) Yeah, there's some loose connections to things... You may have heard of. It's definitely in English. You might find the word moat in there, but it seems like it's randomly placed. It looks like it's a book for, like, dolphins. <laughs> Darwin from Sequest can read it. Oh, Sequest! Hey. I haven't referenced that in, like, ten yeah, episodes. that's fucking topical as shit. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So what is Nobilis? Uh, well, Nobilis is, on, on a surface level, a diceless game where you play the god... Of something. Although technically not the god of it, you're the power of something. You're kind of like an aspect of... And it's just about anything. Uh, it, you know, admittedly, we're going to make fun of this game a lot. Let's get let's get right <laughs> to it. This game, it's mostly the book. There's a core kernel of this game that's playable and fun and interesting. And part of it includes the core concept. Yeah. You, you play as a power of whatever. So, for example, you can be the power of strength. You're a human who had his soul replaced with the power of strength. And so from that point forward, you walk around the earth championing the concept of strength. Yeah, you are in, depending on, you know, how your stats in this, you essentially embody whatever you are a power of. So if you're the power of strength, you have control over the entire concept of strength. You can perform miracles pertaining to strength. You can twist the word strength to get away with all kinds of stupid nonsense. Yeah, you can try and make it so that strength relates to literally anything you are doing. And and I don't want you to get the impression that because I use strength as an example, that there's like ten things you can pick from, one of which is strength. It's anything. You can be the Duke of Ceiling Fans or the, uh, I don't know, the Duchess of Deodorant. Yeah, it's, it is just you pick something. I mean, even in the book itself, there is a guy who is like the Viscount of Unix. Right, there's another one who was the plenipotentiary geneticist of Mars. Yeah. Only time Mars gets mentioned in the book. So this guy, whoever was playing the plenipotentiary of Mars, basically told his HG, which stands for Hollyhock God. That's the dungeon master in this game, the Hollyhock God. And guess what? Hollyhock Gods don't steal their pizza. (laughs) It's actually in there. Of you know, it has been a while since we've had a Jeff's Pizza Watch come up in any game, and I'm really surprised that it took fucking Nobilis for that shit to get mentioned again. Right? I couldn't believe it. And it was like, the Hollyhock God, which, it, I mean, that's the most pretentious title for the DM since G.O.D. in, in, in Haven. 
city of violence where where you were the game operations director or god. Well, this one doesn't even have a joke for god. You're just the god of hollyhocks, which is something hollyhock representing uh it's some kind of flower. Yeah, it's a flower that represents vanity and like control. Yeah, oh, Christ. So, you play as a power of a specific idea, concept, or thing. Or collection of things. Yeah. And uh, as a result, you get a kind of dominion of power over things related to that. So, if you're the god or the power of oceans, then in addition to oceans, you may identify oceans as being a source of, I, I don't know, uh, eternity or of uh, push and pull or, yeah. or tidal force. And so, you get control over these secondary things that you can connect to it. You pick a, cu- a couple things that kind of the the thing you chose remind you of. So, for example, if you're the god of wine, you might also be the power of jocularity or the power of communication because wine historically has those kind of effects. And generally what you do is you've got... Okay, so you've got an actual godlike being that makes you into this power. They're called imperators. And they can come from several different things. You can be an angel. It could be... A fallen angel. A Actually, fallen angel. It I can, remember most of the list. Yeah, it, it can be one of Aaron's serpents, which is just... So, Yggdrasil is a thing. Yggdrasil's a thing, and Nidhogg is one of Aaron's serpents. Yeah, so uh, Jormungandr as well is one of those. Uh-huh. Uh, so, Aaron's serpents are basically the giant dragony monsters that wander the, or- the earth before we did. Any giant dragony monster that you've ever heard of uh, is actually an Aaron's serpent, and they live out on Yggdrasil, and they do whatever they do. So and they have... Ridiculous godlike power, just and, and like the angels of, and devils. And yeah, stuff. and they're and they're hundreds of miles long, and their primary goal is to defend Yggdrasil or to defend the defend the Earth. Yeah, but it's all of them. So if you it, like, you can leave Norse mythology. Echidna from Greek mythology is one of Aaron's serpents. You can be an angel, or sorry, an imperator. The person who gives you your power can be an angel, yeah. a fallen angel, a power of light, a power of darkness, a power of the wild, a celestial power, or Aaron's serpent. Yeah. And all of them have their own sort of goals. So, you know, the angels want to protect beauty. The fallen angels want to protect corruption. Uh, the Aaron serpents, like we said, protect Yggdrasil or just sort of the earth. And they're also of the wild. They like to protect. Well, the, the wild wants to protect freedom at all yeah. costs. And, uh, the, the light, light and dark are basically just pure good and evil. Dark. Yeah, so light wants to protect humanity yeah. and dark wants to destroy humanity. And these are your player character kind of bosses. Like if you're playing as the angels, these guys are your Charlie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and and we'll, well let's let's go ahead and say since we already mentioned not not angels like like fl- I've got angel wings and a halo angels like you know Charlie's like Charlie's angels yeah like, yeah. yeah and not Charlie like Charlie from All Dogs Go to Heaven Charlie who also meets an angel in All Dogs Go to Heaven too All Dogs Go to Heaven's Day yeah where it's it's more like Sh- Charlie's angels yeah she's like a poodle angel because sexy dogs are always poodle ladies. <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, you've got a boss. Everyone has a boss. So and your your overarching boss, whatever it happens to be, regardless of it's an angel or a serpent or some wild thing, they have a wider domain. So whereas you might be the power of furniture, they would be like, I'm the imperator of like household items, murder, and yellow. Right? And, and the way it works is you, uh, as players, you design most of this game. The Hollyhock God mostly is just there to say yes to whatever you want. Uh, so you have to design your own character. Then you as a group, all the players, sit down and design the Imperator who's in charge of all those, uh, players. Which generally is just gonna be, alright, what did all of your players pick oh. as their powers? Well, that's what your Imperator yeah. has. Well, I'm the Duke of Mars. I'm the Duke of Jello. And I am the Marquis of Knowing When Carpet is Underneath You. Oh, great. great. Well, I guess we have Hazazel, the angel of, what, uh, Mars and Carpets. Carpets. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's how that works. Yeah. Uh, and then you also have to design the fairy wonderland that your Imperator is in charge of. It's so called- every Imperator is off fighting the big bad guys. Which are called excrutions. Excrutions. And they are off in the spirit realm. Mm-hmm. So in order to anchor their body and keep it safe, they make chancels on Earth. Chancel? And those are... Chancel? <sighs> chancels are 
weird... Chancels are so hot right now. <laughs> fairy kingdoms that you murder someone every day for like a hundred days, and then it makes some weird non-quite... It makes Earth. an Epcot, uh, Epcot Center you can only get to by knowing a secret road. Yeah, it's based- so it's not actually, like, it might be, it might have an analog in Earth, so you might have, like, the, the Black Forest of Germany might be your chancel. Mm-hmm. However, it also sort of exists in a metaphysical plane, so a human wouldn't just walk into the Black Forest and be in your chancel, they would have to stumble across the right path it it's very fairy tale like mm-hmm. of sure you might go into the woods and nothing happens or you might go into a fairy circle and stumble upon the actual court of Oberon and holy fuck to give you a quick example there is a chancel listed in the book that is a uh, physics department at a college and the way it works is students who have a particularly inquisitive mind try to transfer to this class which does not exist when they do, they are transferred to the class, and on arriving, they open the door and find themselves in a creepy, verdant, ancient forest. Then angels hunt them for sport. <laughs> that's in yeah. the book. That's the chan- That's one of the chancels in the book. Uh, if they manage to defeat one of the angels, then they are elevated to the status of an angel, and that's some imperator's idea of a great time. Yeah, so chancels are fucking weird. Actually, you know what? This game is fucking weird, and I'll I'll go ahead and say the fact that this chancel where angels hunt people for sport, you might say, well, that sounds kind of fucked up. Well, it is. And that's because you don't have to be a good guy. No, not at all. And honestly, you can have a mixed group of good and bad, and you're, like we mentioned before, you could have a fallen angel as your imperator. You could have a demon as the guy who gives your powers, and you might be the power of torture. Mm-hmm. Like, that might be your thing. And so you, as a character, are out there to make sure the concept of torture is protected and proliferates. Yes. So, you might... You reward like, people who are torturous. Yeah, you might be fighting against these excrucians who technically want to just destroy everything that exists. And so they're the big bad... But you might be just sort of like, at a human level, just a horrible demonic entity that no one likes. The simple metaphysics part of it is that excursions want to erase everything, and dark forces want everything to die so it can go to hell and keep getting tortured. Yeah, they they want to corrupt things, and they want things to die on a personal level yeah. rather than on an existence level. Yes, so that's how there, it's possible for you to play a super evil mega Hitler and also still have a bad guy. Yeah. Uh, so it is interesting that you aren't forced into the role of the hero. If you want to run a game where, I mean, technically everyone in your Celestia Familia is, uh, just horrible, horrible people. You wish you can... it was Celestia. It's it's Latin. It's Kylestia. Ah, uh, whatever. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you, Borgstrom. <laughs> I don't care. Everything in this fucking book also has five different names. It doesn't matter if you're the Lord of Entropy, also known as His Great Darkness, also known as some Latin bullshit term. Also known by the flower that represents him. Everything is represented by a goddamn flower. The book has a really strong floral theme. And even, it's not even like characters are represented by flowers. Your fucking miracles are represented by flowers. Rules are represented by flowers. Like, there's a, a law that says that imperators are... It's imperators and their powers. The people, the nobilis that you're playing as, are not allowed to fall in love. They're like Jedi. Yeah. Uh, you can't fall in love. And then that's called, like, the Primrose Law, or the Thou Shalt Not Fall in Love Law, or the Law of Immutable Distinctions, or... Yeah. It <laughs> yeah. just... And then, then they, then she uses those names interchangeably throughout the book. Yeah. It, it's really annoying. It, is it's as annoying to me as the shit in Sky Realms of Joe Rune was, where I'm like, oh my god, quit using stupid bullshit names for everything and just get your head out of your ass there's for a, a second. There's a slight difference to me because Sky Realms of Joe Rune was using nonsense. They'd yes. be like, they'd be like, 
A thief is called a Githerin. Why not? It's a fighter. I, Condridge. Condridge is a fighter. Githerin is a thief. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. But, uh, but those are just nonsense phrases. This book, on the other hand, kind of implies that it has some symbolism every single time. It's, it's like, uh, there's a law that you can't be mean to people. It's known as the nutmeg law, and I think we know why. <laughs> no, no, we don't. We don't know why it's called that. It doesn't need to be called that. Yeah. There's, <laughs> it's, it's one of those, if, everyone special no one is things for me where if you wanted to emphasize a certain character or a certain rule or a certain aspect of your game giving it a couple different names means it's important enough that people have things they call it it's personal to certain groups okay but when literally everything in your book has at least three different names it doesn't matter anymore. Now it's just annoying and you don't give a fuck. There certainly isn't a list of anything anywhere in the book. There's no <laughs> numbers at any given point. There certainly are bullet points of, you might be known as this, also this, also that. Oh God, you the... might be a redneck. Yeah, if. when you're reading through the fluff, there's bullet points. And I was like, I was drawn to them like a drowning man to a <laughs> life raft. Because I was like, oh, those might be rules. Nope, they're just AKAs. Yeah. They're, they're just also known as. And I mean... It's one of those things where it gets to the point where you're like, oh, you are part of the nobilis, which means you're a noble, which also means that you are known as, like, the Celestia Deus. You are known as the shenanigoat fuckers. They you who are... live in Valdebellum. And Valdebellum is the name of the war between the Imperators and the Excrucians, because I fucking read this book and remembered something. Hooray. Good job. <laughs> Okay, now you may notice that we're almost 20 minutes into this podcast and we have yet to discuss how to build a character or what stats are. That's because about 100 pages in and she had yet to discuss what stats were or how you do anything. So, before we get to the stats, let's go through a few more things about what it means to be a nobilis. First of all, there's the real world that you can see, that you yeah. and I can not, not magic uh, super gods can see, but that regular folk can see. It is the prosaic earth that is known as the prosaic earth. And then there's the mythic earth, where everything anyone's ever fictionally written about the earth is real. That's the mythic earth. Yeah, and both of them exist at the same time. Imperators can see them both at once. Nobilis can choose to see one or the other. Yeah, you can do... Basically, one of the easiest miracles you can do is to switch your vision back and forth between seeing the world as humans normally see it, and seeing the world as it is in fairy tale Wonderland. Now, in the play examples in the book, this is primarily used so that players can come up with uh, cutesy ways to, like, hack modern technology. They'll be, like, holding a phone, and they'll say, I'll switch to the mythic world and ride the phone spirit that rides from one phone line to the next until I get to my destination. Yeah. That kind of thing. So, you if, know. If mortals get a glimpse of the fact that there is a mythic world, or if they are mythic mortals, if they get a glimpse of the fact that there is a prosaic world, they suffer a dumb Latin term. The, uh, dementia animus. The dementia animus, and become babbling madmen. Well, they go running around saying, dragons are real, and there are fairies, and so everyone goes, okay, well, you're fucking crazy. You're fucking crazy. Why don't you call Coast to Coast with Art Bell? <laughs> uh, yeah. So, <laughs> So there's there's a whole bunch of crazy bullshit like chemtrails. Yeah, chemtrails, totally real. They Chem exist in the mythic, mythic world. world. They are dragon fart trails. <laughs> uh, so the uh, the world that you live in is super crazy. Dragons and, eat a lot of fluoride, and so you can look at it now. We've talked about miracles. Miracles are based off of your stats. Let's do stats. Let's finally. Fucking go into stats. There are only four. You might think, holy shit, four stats? That's really simple. Jeff, is this a really simple game with these four stats? Almost, if you like memorizing things. Boy, do I. Okay, so there are four stats. Let's run through them and briefly talk about what each one of them does. First of all, all the stats range from zero to five. If you're playing as a nobilis, they range from zero to five, and they can eventually be raised above five. Uh, but they have to start between zero and five. And zero is essentially you're a human. It's a mortal. Mortals in this game are so unimportant that they have zeros for stats. Yeah. Uh, that's so that they have literally no spark of godlike essence or power. They can simply be smacked to death with a wave of your hand. So if you have a zero in some stat, you're still pretty much mortal any there. god is going to look down on you for that. Yes. Okay, so the first stat is aspect. 
aspect represents every single stat from every single other role-playing game ever. It's all <laughs> it's all of your intelligence, charisma, dexterity, stamina, wisdom, ver- all of those. It's every single physical or mental stat rolled into one. Yeah, it is how non-magically powerful you are. Mm-hmm. So anything that would be considered a part of you that isn't magic is aspect. Right. So this game you can't be strong and dumb. You are st- you are strong and smart if you are both. Yeah. You can be uh sort of oblivious if you want to, but they'll say like if you concentrate, you just have the ability to process information faster. So even if you don't know the like actual info of something, like you might not be book smart, mm-hmm. but you would be able to recall basically anything from your own life just by being, say, uh like a one or a two in your aspect. Now, I don't remember the name of the next one entirely off the top of my head. I think it's... Domain. Is, is it Domain? Okay, I think it was either Domain or Estate. Yeah, so Domain is whatever you are a power of is your domain. Mm-hmm. So if I am the power of strength, strength is my domain. So all the effects that you have that that uh, are all of your ability to affect your domain is all of your ability to affect strength. And it also reflects how strongly you come across as that aspect. Mm-hmm. So... If you're, like, a zero or a one or a two even, people will probably associate with you. Like, if again, let's go with strength. People would go, yeah, he looks like a strong person. Once you get up to four or five, they have the example of the power of cars would literally just look like a car to a human. Oh, God, that description is the worst. It was Did basically she... implying that Herbie the Love Bug was the power of cars. Right. That, and, and that her director never even knew. Well, yeah, okay, if you're the god of cars and you spend all your time on Earth as a car, then you can't blame directors for not noticing. Yeah, well, it's not even that you spend your time as a car, it's just that... that they think when, you're a car. When someone looks at you, you give off the aspect of cars so much that they can't help but see you as a car. Are there any real people that you can't look at without thinking, huh, a car? <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> like, uh, nope, I can't do it. No one. Gary Busey, maybe, because he's got that grill? <laughs> that grill? That grill. Okay, the next one is Estate. Yeah. And Estate is your power over the magic fairy castle you live in. Yeah, so this is your ability to affect your... Chancel. Chancel? Chancel? <sighs> Chancel? Chancel. Fucking hell. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, and whereas domain is how good you are at manipulating your specific thing. And whatever your domain is, you, like, you have some flexibility on, like, okay, I have strength. I'll strengthen this thing and mm-hmm. make it better or I whatever. I will take the strength from that man. Yeah. Uh, when you're talking about estate, you just have whatever the fuck you want as it pertains to your chancel. Right. So even if you are the domain of fire, you can still make water appear out of nowhere. You can craft things from Earth because it's your chancel. As long as you're in there. Now, chancels can get pretty big. They're described... The book routinely enforces that chancels are supposed to be where a significant amount of gameplay takes place. They're supposed... They aren't little castles. They're supposed to be like whole continents and countries... And sometimes little tiny places, and some, it's, it's very confusing. Some of them are, some of them are just on the internet. Yeah. And you will have an actual, like, population. Mm -hmm. You have subjects that are beneath you. You may actually have people you report to. It's possible to build your chancel such that you actually have to report to a king. Well, yeah. I mean, if you end up being someone that's like, I've got realm zero and I am just unimportant to this chancel. There is a very good possibility that someone there is a person you report to. Well, actually, when the players get together and build their chancel, <laughs> they get a number of points equal to the amount of chancel points that all of them have. Yeah, your so, your uh, estate points end up coming together. Yes, they add, they add up, and then you have a list of things you can buy for various points in the chancel building section for players. There are also negative point things you can take. One of them is kings. You can have a person in the chancel who is more important than all the players, and that they technically have to report to, even though they aren't a god. Yeah. So, just so you know, there's a whole bunch of negatives and penalties and merits and flaws, but this book's so weird about how it presents them that I I, I have trouble making fun of them. Yeah. Anyway, that's that's three of the four stats. The last stat is spirit. Oh, actually, 
Realm. It's, it's not realm, a state. It's, it's realm. It's realm yeah. and not a state. You already yeah. called it realm, and I was like, oh, yeah, it's realm. Yeah. But uh, no, the last one is spirit, and I know that for sure. Yep, it is and, spirit. And spirit is kind of your godly essence. It's like how the godly you are. S- the strength of your godly presence presence yeah, in the it's, world. It's your godhead. It's how godly you are. Yeah. <laughs> this is how godly you are. No, godly. Yeah. <laughs> and not G-A-U, G-O-D-D. G-O-T-T-I. How gaudy you are. How gaudy you are. <laughs> how gotie you are. Not at all. <laughs> I am the power of gotie. Oh, that's terrible. All I you. have is influence over gotie. <laughs> okay, uh, and it's weird because you could be domain zero, which means you suck at using miraculous power of whatever you the power of. And yet, still give off this super incandescent light of godliness. Okay, so spirit controls a couple different things. One of them is it controls your basic defense value in the game. And we'll talk about how attacks and defense work, but your Octoritus, or <laughs> wh- wh- which is basically a personal bubble shield of godly power, is equivalent to whatever your spirit stat is. So for anyone to fire a miracle off such that it hits you, it has to have a higher level to it than your Octoritus is. Yeah, and so just think of that as you have a sphere of... It's like a five-foot bubble. Of this is my reality, and if anyone tries to affect your reality, you get to tell them to fuck off. Yep, that's what. so that's the first thing Spirit does. The next thing Spirit does is it controls the number of anchors that you as a player have. Now, anchors are mortals, and they are either mythic mortals or they are prosaic mortals... They can be animals, or they can be uh, humans. Yeah, they might be someone that you just found out in the world. They might be someone you actually created from nothing in your chancel. They could be someone you're related to. Uh, someone from your life before you became a, a, a nobilis, although you may be hundreds of years old. They could just yeah. be people. The only restriction is you have to either love or hate them. Now, now. let's let's stop for a second. <laughs> I thought that according to the Primrose Law, or the Thou Shalt Whatever Law, you're not allowed to love people. Yes, and thankfully, there is a section where Jenna decides to tell us all, yeah, but generally people kind of look the other way when it comes to anchors because, I mean, hey, you've got to have some anchors and whatever. <laughs> is that kind of like, I, I assume that the Jedi Council works the same way. Like, not allowed to love people, but come on, man. We all need to get our little Jedi rocks off. <laughs> Every once, I mean, we're all adopted into this high Jedi order at the age of three. We weren't really given the choice, right? Am I wrong? <laughs> eh? 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 I don't, yeah, I don't love the prostitute. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, but there are these anchors are also the way in which PCs can be present for certain things, even when your normal power isn't there. It's a little bigger than that, actually. Although you're right, you're yeah. absolutely right. So it's it's one of the ways you can go. Alright, my power is off doing whatever, but my anchor is with the other PCs, and I can basically just mind control this anchor. You can actually activate your miracles through them. Yeah, you just sort of... they're a proxy for you. Yes. Now, a character with has a number of anchors equal to zero, or their spirit plus one. Yeah, so you so can you, always have at least one. You always have at least one anchor. Now, the thing about how you can play as your anchor, even if your god character can't be there right now is actually a small part of an interesting part of this book's rules, which is that all the players are there all the time. There's never a sequence where you split the party, and the party actually splits, and two guys go and play Mario Kart. <laughs> if uh, if the party, if everyone's there, they're all playing. So even if your anchor isn't there, your, your Hollyhock god will assign you another NPC you can play as, or just create a golem for you to play as or something. Oh, Everyone yeah. always plays. And there's, you know, they'll give you something where... If you're, say, the god of oceans, they might say, all right, well, the group is in the mythic world. Uh, you can directly influence this ocean spirit because technically you're, you have power over it. So you'll be able to control this spirit. It may not be an anchor, so you wouldn't be able to do miracles, but technically you can like speak through it or you're something. You're still here. And in the, in the play examples, they have a scene where the, the power of justice needs to take a quick break and walk away from the party. And, oh no, she's a power of strength. And, and so the, uh, the HG says, oh, well, would you like to play this NPC who is the power of conspiracy? And she's like, sure. And so she, for a scene, she plays as the power of conspiracy. There you go. Yeah. So there's the four stats. Now, we have stats that range between zero and five. 
And you also get, for each each uh, stat, you get five miracle points. And uh, miracle points are named after each stat. So if you have you have aspect miracle points, you have realm miracle points, those yeah. are shortened into AMP, uh, RMP, RMP DMP, and SMP. Yeah. And, uh, oh, for your stats, you have 25 points. You have 25 points. Each, each stat, stat costs three. Yeah, each stat is three. So you will get to a point where you have just a point left over. Mm-hmm. And that will go into one of your various other things, like many gifts. things, gifts, and so on. Let's quickly, before we finish that off, let's explain how miracles work and what you actually do with your stats, and, uh, okay. and then we'll talk. All right. So you'd think, you'd think, because you know they have they have progressive scales. They go from zero to five. So you'd think that, say, for example, a level four miracle is more powerful than a level two miracle, and that's it. Is that right? No, no, not at all. I mean, yes, it's also true, but more to the point. There are levels at each level of Miracle. Uh, so, for example, at level zero, you can control minor divinations that pertain to your specific estate or chance or realm or dominion or whatever. So, uh, if you have a level zero, a level zero Miracle is something that you go, okay, well, something's happening in my chancel. I know it. I can tell. Yeah, so at the base level, even if you are just terrible at whatever your given stat is, you can always find out if, like, okay, if I'm the power of ice cream, I can always tell if someone is trying to attack the concept of ice cream. Or the realm of ice cream, or your special ice cream castle world. Then I know, because I'm so intrinsically tied to it, that regardless of how powerful I might be in any of these given stats, you can always find that out. Now, going up from there... Level one is ghost miracles. Those are cantrips. They're literally just cantrips. They're, they're little things that you can do that kind of make you more comfortable, but don't, can't hurt anybody or really yeah. alter the world. So if, if you're the power of fire, you can create a ghost fire and it might give off some heat, but it's not going to burn anything. Yeah, you can read by it. If you're the, if you're the power of cars, then maybe you can make a car air conditioned if it wasn't air conditioned. Yeah. So you, yeah. you have very limited cantrippy abilities. Right. All right. Okay, level two is lesser divinations. Divinations are the ability to know things that pertain to your aspect, dominion, estate, what have you. So, uh, for example, if you are the power of fire, then you can use a lesser divination to determine things about fire or things that are affecting fire at this time. Yeah, so you might be able to say, uh, like, there's a forest fire, you could divine and basically just ask the fire, who started you? Right. Now, the next one is lesser preserve, or, yeah, this is level uh, three we're up to now. Lesser preservations. Preservations are the ability to protect, extend, or control. And that's not control. It's just protect or extend your your specific element that you control, your, your yeah. whatever it is that you're in so charge of. So making a fire burn without uh, any fuel, mm-hmm. uh, making it so that there's a storm that lasts for days instead of just uh, dissipating, things like that. Making a marathon runner not tire out. Yeah. So you have whatever your thing is, you can help make it more or last longer than it normally would. If you're the power of spaghetti, you can make it so that people can't overcook their spaghetti no matter how long they cook it or <laughs> whether or not they salt the water. And uh, Very useful. Yeah. If you are the power of music, you can just make a song stick in someone's head. Mm-hmm. Okay, level four is lesser creations. Uh, creations are actual creative magics. They can do things like... Uh, Make uh, the power of the sun could make the sun rise up in the middle of the sky uh, out of nowhere. Well, that would probably be a greater creation, but with a level seven creation miracle, a character's estate as the sun could cause the sun to rise in the middle of the night. Oh my goodness! Why is that not a change? Who knows? Yeah, it's a creation. I, I don't know. Well, creation is—it's probably one of the most straightforward of them. It's what are you the power of? Doing a creation miracle is making that thing grow a forest from a seed. Yeah, so that that would be a major creation miracle. A minor one would be something like grow a forest from a or a a tree from a seed. Yeah, so you get to just sort of make, and you can just make it from nothing. So if you are the god of trees, you'd be like, "Fuck you! I make a tree. I don't need a seed." Yeah, I make a seed as a minor creation, and then I make a tree (laughs) as a major creation. Look at that! I did it. Yeah. So (laughs) the the lesser creations. There's there's sort of a blurred line here because there are major and minor of these various different things. So sure. like, I'll give you the level four domain minor creations right now. Yeah, there you go. We say we do that. Level four miracles, lesser creations of domain. Music. If you're the power of music, make bewitchingly beautiful music. Forests grow plants quickly from the naked earth. Storms spawn a lightning storm or a drizzle. Night sink an area into darkness. 
Roads, create a new road, straight to one's destination. Or books, create a how-to book for any task. Penis, create a penis out of anything. Yeah! I'm just gonna, there's no power of penis. Well, I mean, there is. There is me. me. (laughs) I have the power of penis. And yeah, I can make a penis out of anything, which is not useful, as it turns out. (laughs) Oddly enough, (laughs) you'd, you'd, you'd be surprised. Okay, so there you go. The next level after creation is destructions. And these are the abilities to more or less tear down... Uh, for- Which is, it's sort of weird because the whole point of you as a power is you're supposed to be protecting whatever your thing is, and then one of the greater miracles you can do is destroying whatever you are the power of. Which, you know, it, it works in certain situations. Like, for example, if you are the god of, uh, the power of strength, and some guy is punching you, you can take his strength away. Yeah, you just That's- do a destruction miracle and destroy his strength. Yes, so it, it works pretty much as a preservation attempt for yourself. It's something that you use as your your own source of power to, to take things away from other people so that you get to be more glorious than them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, after Destructions, you also have Major Divinations stuck at level 5. Those are just better divinations than what we talked about earlier. Then there are... Oh, at this point, it's all Majors. It's all just Major Yeah, it's just the Major versions of the other stuff. Right. Yeah. And then you get to level 9, and level 9 things are basically do whatever the fuck you want in whatever given miracle you're doing. Because so, <laughs> if you have a level 9 realm miracle, it's do whatever the fuck you want with your chancel, we don't even care. I think it's funny that uh, if you look at these, it's got emotion. Level 8, Major Destructions. Make it, or it's, uh, remove a person's capacity to feel an emotion. Like, you no longer experience jealousy forever. Yeah. Okay, great. Level 9, fill a crowd of Christmas shoppers with a murderous rage. You know what? That's easier. Yeah, I would I would think that would just be sort of a major creation, but uh, hey, what do I know? We're out of George Foreman grills. <laughs> uh, yeah, especially the fact that it said it was going to fill Christmas shoppers with irrational rage. I'm like, that's, that's really not hard. That's no. pretty much there anyway. Yeah, it's already happening to them. Okay, so there you go. That's So, now, you ask yourself, alright, well, you only have powers from 0 to 5, but you're clearly discussing level 7 miracles. How do you even activate them? Where are the dice? Well, there aren't any. Nope, everything is diceless. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can look at the system for, there are miracles for all of your different stats. Mm-hmm. And you can use any miracle up to a level of your uh, stat. So if you have level 4 domain... You can do up to level four miracles for, for free. free. That you can make lesser creations, lesser preservations, lesser divinations, ghost miracles, and estate-driven divinations for free. Yeah. So you can just sort of do anything from that range below. Mm-hmm. Cost you nothing. Then up from there, if it is one level higher, it costs you one miracle point. Right. And you have five miracle points to start in each one of your four stats, and they refill every scene. So you then, if it costs, uh, if it's two levels higher, it costs you two, mm-hmm. and so on. And if it's four levels oh, yeah. hi- or more, it costs you four. Four so, and a medium wound, or, or sorry, a dangerous wound, because it becomes a word of command level well, power. If you are doing a level nine thing, it is straight up just doing a miracle of this potency actually physically drains the character. Yes. Okay. Okay. So you have uh Miracle points you can use to power miracles that are stronger than your character would be able to do himself. Yeah. Like, normally. He has a simple level of comfort, which is equivalent to whatever their uh, their stat is. And then above that, they have to pay miracle points to activate the effects. Great. <laughs> That's how the game works in a nutshell, right there. So, for example, your character falls out of a boat, and uh, he, doesn't, he doesn't know how to swim. So instead, because he is the... Power of concrete, he creates a concrete island underneath him upon which to land. Your your hollyhock god tells you, okay, that's a lesser miracle of creation. What is your, uh, let's say, estate or or a domain? domain? You'll say, my domain is three. And he'll say, oh, well, that means that you only have uh, lesser preservations. You can't do a lesser creation, so it's going to cost you one DMP, or domain miracle point, to get to a level four miracle to create a concrete island to land on briefly. Yep. Yep, there you go. That's a basic rundown of play right there. So, you've got... At this point, you've got your four stats, zero to five. You've got nine different types of miracles you can do Most in of four different categories. Yeah, because you're not, you're not all that strong in any one thing yet. Uh, okay, so there you go. That's a basic character. It, are we done? Nope. Nope, not okay. at all. Nope. So now okay. we need to get into... Gifts. Gifts and... Okay, so gifts are basically... 
you want to have something that's a godlike power, but it's not part of your ballywick. So if you're the domain of ice cream, but you really want to be able to fly, and flying has nothing to do with ice cream, you take a gift. Gifts are... They have a variable point cost that's based on what level of miracle it would take in the domain it would come from to uh, generate that uh, or, or to generate that miracle. So, for example, if you want to fly, you take a look over at uh, I, I think that'd be a domain of flight or of air or of any yeah. number of things that would be able to fly, and you'd say, "All right, well, what is that? Well, that's probably a preservation or a creation um, or a simple miracle." Uh, it might even be... A, I, I'm going to say it's probably a lesser creation to fly. Yeah. You, you create a state in which you are flying. Um, okay, great. Well, that's a level four miracle. So theoretically, it should cost four points for you to have this gift that you can use for free. Except there's like a million different little minor add-ons and subtractions you can do. And one of the most obvious ones is only works on you. So anytime you get that, it's minus three to the cost. So if you can fly, it's a lesser creation, but only you can use it, so it only costs you one point. So that's a great way to spend your one point when you're done making your character in general. Yeah. Uh, there are a lot of things that end up costing one point just because the restrictions on it end up being... It only does one thing, and it only does it to you. Yeah, so the uh, general uh, modifiers you're looking at are, okay, first, what level of miracle would it be to do this? Right. Then you're looking at... How many people can it affect? You're looking at what range can it affect people at. Mm -hmm. So if it's just on a personal level, or you can do this to someone globally, or whatever. There's also, can it cost a miracle point every time you use it? Well, that's... It's one of them. You can yeah. take that and make it cost... Uh, it could be a minus one benefit to you if you make it so it costs you a miracle point yeah. to use it. You can... There are some fiddly little bits, like... Mm -hmm. Uh, making it cost points, stuff like that. And then there's the final one, which is, is this rare? Oh, so yeah. So something like flight is isn't rare. rare. People, you know, gods fly. It's one of those powers that people have. Now, that would, that would imply that there's a list of what's rare and not rare. Nope, it is just up to your hollyhock god to go, eh, no, that's rare. You know, I know that we can technically shorten hollyhock god to HG, but I never want to. No. No, I just want to keep saying hollyhock god. Uh, so... You you can make gifts, and gifts, again, can be fucking anything you want. And I mean, there is the example in there of immortality. And not immortality of like, oh, I don't age, I'll live forever. It's, I can't be hurt, I can, uh, I will never age, and I can just do whatever the fuck I want. I don't need to breathe, I don't need to eat, I don't need to sleep. I am a crazy immortal being, and this cost me six points. Yep, yep. You can also just not age for one. Yeah, you can yeah. just be ageless. You don't get sick, that kind of thing. Some of them, some of the gifts are extremely infuriating to me because they cost a point and they don't do anything. Durant is your character is resistant to damage. How resistant to damage? Who knows? It doesn't say. It just it just has a bunch of flowery descriptions about what damage resistant things are like. Yeah, so it'll just be like, yeah, Durant people are often made of sterner stuff and. They can shrug off wounds that might hurt a lesser being. Hardier than the mightier, smitier Sherpa. You're like, okay, but what, is, what does that mean, actually? Um, I don't know. Fuck it, you figure it out. Have fun, kids. That's that's. There's a whole section for mythological beings you can be like. So for two points, you can be like a cockatrice or a gorgon. Oh well, yeah, it'll give you things like, you have a petrifying gaze, or you can cure poison with your tears. You have a bowl in your head that has a coin in it, and if someone manages to make you uh, spill the water in your bowl, then they get your coin. <laughs> so there's there's a lot of shit like that. Uh, and then there are sort of penalties you can get, which are a lot of them are sort of the flip side of that, so you can't go into a house unless invited. Oh yeah, and if you do these, these are called uh, restrictions. These are different from gifts. Gifts are things that you spend character points to acquire, and then you, they're just part of your character from that point forward. These restrictions, instead, you trade a restriction for a set amount of miracle points that you get each game. Or, uh, it'll be certain things like, okay, if you have a limited estate is one of them. So, you have the power of motion. Uh, but instead of it being like anything that could possibly be used with motion, you go, alright, I'm taking limited estate. All I can do is make things move. Turn to the left. Yeah. So, uh, all I have is this. I can't try and twist it around to do stupid things. It's just whatever this baseline I say is. Okay. Mm -hmm. That gives you just extra character points. 
But if you were to say, uh, like the the previous, uh, can't come into a house unless invited, that doesn't give you character points. It's just if this becomes a hindrance in game, you get extra miracle points that are just given to you because your restriction stopped you from doing something. I actually really like that one a little bit, and I'll tell you why. It's because I read it early in the book before they actually got to the rule that, like, sometimes people can't enter houses like vampires unless invited. Uh, okay. I was thinking, that's useless. You're playing as, like, some kind of god. But if you're the god of explosions, you just take that and you're like, uh, you can't come in my house. All right, I blow your house up. <laughs> and then I got to the actual power uh, restriction and read it, and it said, this is only worth one miracle point ever because it doesn't usually matter to any nobilis ever. Well, it's it's only like, okay, you can't come in unless invited. There are a million ways around this, so unless it actually impedes the noble, then it doesn't give you dick. Yep. If it does, though, you get one point. Yeah, so there you go. You can take things like blind, missing an arm, all the regular restrictions. They all turn into a, a set amount of uh, additional miracle points that you get. Mm-hmm. Now, you're still not done building your character, even there, though we're at minute 45. There is also virtues. Virtues? The virtues are you embody some virtue. And it doesn't have to be actual virtuous virtues. It can be, like, miserliness. It's also like an ethos that you... Oh, no, that's a different no, thing. No, it's... Sorry, this, sorry. The virtue is whatever you... It's not, it becomes something that it's not just, I am about telling the truth, so I'm honest. Or, I'm about being generous, so I give stuff away. Instead, you actually embody that to the point where you can't even be tricked into doing it. If you have the virtue of being a vegetarian, you will never eat meat, even if someone's like, Here's this stew, and doesn't tell you meat is in it. You can never be tricked into betraying your virtue. There's a virtue of craftsmanship that says that you would never be able to put your stamp on an inferior product. You would never be able to approve of poisoned beverages. Yeah, you always know when something isn't up to your standard. To me, that is like the gamiest thing you can put in the game. Because, like, you don't have to be playing as the dominion of poisons to be like, oh, well, I'll just take this craftsmanship virtue for free. And uh, I'll try and drink everything before anyone else does. And they'll be like, oh, guys, I can't drink this because I wouldn't be willing to sign it. I don't know why I wouldn't be willing to sign <laughs> it, but frankly, I wouldn't drink it. It's either not very good or it's poisonous. Yeah. Well, of course, at that point, someone's like, I don't know, it's Miller Lite, so it's probably just not very good. Great. Perfect. I didn't need to drink it. <laughs> this saves me from bad beer and poison. I'm great with that. That's that's power gaming in a nutshell. Uh, oh, there's also bonds. Yep. Bonds are things you love. And you have 20 points to spend on bonds, and you can spend them on as many things as you want, and as many points on each one as you want. Bonds are only bad for you. You should only take one-point bonds in uh, 20 different things. And they should be things that are obscure and don't have anything to do with your character. If you want to be a power gamer, you should be like, uh, my character is the power of of, uh, sand, and he is bonded to old cars, um, junkyards... Little foofy dogs. <laughs> oh, these are all one point bonds, by the way. Jay Leno. Uh, yeah. Dimes. And the reason this is bad is because the main way to get power from someone is you perform the right of nettles. Nettle right. And after you've basically fucked someone up in whatever they have a bond in, you can perform this right and you get to steal, uh, miracle points from them. Yep. You can take their lucky charms. If you do something that humiliates them or damages their their estate in some way, you can perform a nettle rite and take away some of their miracle points. It's like counting coup. That's how these that's how these do- gods who even though you have health in this game, you have a set amount of health equivalent to your yeah. aspect divided into three equal categories yeah. with the remainder going into the first one. Your character's not supposed to really die or fight or take damage. So mostly you spend your time trying to humiliate each other yeah. when and then take each other's miracle points. When you're dealing with a bunch of gods that are mostly immortals or whatever the fuck, yeah. and you know that the Imperator, even if you kill that guy, is just going to take the aspect of whatever and shove it into a new dude, Yeah, it's way more important for you to get miracle points than it is to, like, kill some dude. Right, so you just want to spend all your time humiliating all the excrucians and stuff. That's what your job now, is. Yeah, you now the excrucians... The- are the bad guys, and when they break into Earth to try and kill it, there's a breakthrough, and if you can stop that breakthrough, you can also perform the Nettle Rite and gain power out, uh, off of stopping excrucians, which is essentially the only reason gods ever try to stop the bad guys, mm-hmm. is because you can get power from So what it. you do is you go up to their breakthrough, which is a hole in the universe that they came in through, and you pull down its pants so everyone can see its <laughs> tiny dick, and then you get some, some miracle points, and that's... 
that's the game in a nutshell. You, you basically spend all your time punking each other to get miracle points off of yeah. each other via the nettle right, which actually involves using nettles. You crush them up and do a little right. So bonds, and the reason we, we uh, segued into this from bonds is because you get a set number of miracle points based on the bond that you damaged. A stronger bond gets you more miracle points, which means when something has a bond of seven for its favorite boat, if you manage to get that boat defaced or sunk or whatever, then you get awesome miracle points. And it's it states that it's always better to lead it into some humiliating thing or being compromised rather than just destroying it. Like, if someone has a bond to a particular person, they really love their mother, they have a four-point bond. If you just kill their mom, it doesn't do as much as if you were to have their mom end up, like, prostituting herself. Mm -hmm. Then you would be like, ho ho, I have fucked your shit directly up, sir. Yes. Yeah, you got, if you can get her mom to sell her hair so that she can buy the combs <laughs> for a watch chain. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> then you win and you get more miracle points. Well, what that means for you, the upshot as the power gaming player is take 21 point bonds cuz even though that gives you 20 avenues of weakness, no one's trying 20 pranks on you at once and all they're ever going to get out of you is a one bond worth of ranks. Oh, yeah. and also there's a fun little rule in the bond section that says your character can voluntarily ditch his bonds yeah. when he doesn't like them anymore. So here's what you do, power gamers, make a character with a 20 point bond and don't give a fuck. Yeah. Then at the start of character creation go, "You know, I don't really give a fuck about don't give a fuck." There you go. I'm immune to being counted coup against and this game is bad. Yeah, at that point That's the only thing that anyone can do to you is fuck up your domain. Yeah. So at that point, essentially if you went you know what? I don't like it when gods fuck with me. I have a zero in domain, mm-hmm. and I have no bonds, which means anytime anyone's like, oh, I want to fuck with that guy, but it would be totally worthless for me to do that. Right. Like, Great. Peace. I'm out. Zero in domain and no bonds, which basically makes you into a, what, a drifter? You're like a hobo, aren't you? <laughs> you, you are the power of hobo. <laughs> That's perfect. I want to play as that character so bad now. <laughs> That's my character in the next No Billows game. You can be the Duke of Nuts, and I'm going to be the Marquis of Hobo, and I'll just walk around going, spare some change, sir. God bless. Spare the concept of change, sir. (laughs) No Billows bless. (laughs) Okay. All right, so there's bonds. Uh, There's also equipment you can get, which, you know what? Uh, Whatever, fuck it. Who cares? And the the game wants you to then create your own Imperator Mm -hmm. and your Chancellor. The God of Hobos and Nuts and... uh, (laughs) Spanking it. Spanking it. <laughs> and then you've got, you can, there's rules for creating fucking excrucians. Sure, and, sure. There's oh, a whole bestiary in the back. Yeah. And all of this is fucking, who gives a shit? All right. So. All right. You know what? Fuck it. Hey, Jeff, what's your favorite thing? Holy shit. About I'm, Nobilis. I'm, I'm switching it up. I'm being usurped. Damn it. Yeah. I'm the power of switching shit up. Oh God. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be the marquee of going with it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> Okay, so, um, I, I, I like the, uh, favorite thing, man. It's tough. There's actually a lot of stuff about this game I like. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a sweet candy wrapped inside of a huge amount of bullshit that, okay, so what I, what I like about this game, I enjoy the diceless piece of this game. I, oh, no, no. I like, I'm gonna take this. Oh my god, pick a thing. Here we go. I like that they have a rule in there that says everyone's always present. I love that. That's a crazy idea. Everyone's always got to be there, even if they're playing an NPC, even if they're just watching as a ghost spirit. Everyone is always there. That's really cool. It's a good idea. What's yours? My favorite thing is how open-ended the powers that you have are. Mm -hmm. The fact that you aren't limited to being a good guy and yet can still be fighting for the, you know, the preservation of humanity while still being the power of murder is really Interesting to me, and the fact that it doesn't force you into being that aspect as well. Like, even if I am the power of cars, I don't have to be obsessed with them. Are you the power of the cars? Yeah, I am the power of the cars. And I don't have to listen to the cars, ever. I could just be like, you know what? Fuck those. I don't even care about that band. That's a terrible life. Oh, wait. Do you have to watch the movie Cars? Yeah. Also, yes. Oh, man. I am the power of the movie Cars. I'm the power of all media that uses the term Cars and no other line. <laughs> uh, all right. So, your least favorite thing about Nobilis. Um, flowery prose? 
Can so, I... the book? Yeah, I'd say that uh, the... Not... The backstory is fairly interesting. I, I feel like if I were reading a novel about, like, a world where there are seven types of angels and there's monsters and there's Jormungandr serpents and all this stuff, I'd be like, oh, this is kind of a neat world, like a Neil Gaiman book. I could get into this. But instead, I keep trying to figure out how to build the character, and I keep every time I turn the page, I'm like, maybe this time it'll tell me how to build a character. Nope, it's telling me about how Anani, the, the god of not making decisions, always abstains when the Duke of Entropy makes a decision. I'm like, well, I, I, who cares? So I'm going to say this book is way too dense on prose, and it also requires players to make way too much stuff, and, and this isn't stealing more stuff, that they don't need to because it's just too prosy. Like, there's a whole three-page section in this book on how to design the flower that represents your character. Yeah. You don't need that. <laughs> okay. Uh, All right. John, what's your least favorite thing about Nobilis? Uh, I mean, technically still in the prose section. Sure, sure. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and go with, I mentioned it before, but the fact that there are like 30 million names for everything, oh, and yeah. it just ends up being padding at mm -hmm. some point, and it's... It basically boils down to a formula of something has a name that you might recognize as actual English, something has a name that is a play off of whatever it's trying to do, mm -hmm. then it has a Latin name, then it has a Latin pluralization, and then it has a different Latin oh, name. Oh, don't forget it also has a flower. And it has... Then it has the male version of that name, mm -hmm. and then a female version of that name, and then the pluralized version of both of those. Right. That's a little bit of hyperbole there, but let's be clear. This book has a lot of, of uh, secondary names. There is a lot of pseudonyms and in this book. Honestly, it isn't even really that much of a hyperbole. No. When it goes into like, okay, you are known as a noble, which is also known as this, and this, and this thing. Mm -hmm. Then if you are a male, you are known as this or this, and then as a female, this or this. And it gives pluralizations for all three. Ooh, quick question. Do you have to play as a human when you're playing as a nobilis? You don't. If you want to be a rat that ended up getting the shard of whatever stuck into his ass, you can be that. What about an anime character pulled off the screen of a movie theater and brought to life? You certainly can be an anime girl if you want to be. In you fact, can be whatever the fuck you want to be. In fact, that's one of the examples in the book. So for like the fourth book in a row, there's an anime character coming to life in this book. Oh yeah. If uh, you dude, wanna... don't even look at the clock. I don't care if I go over. Yeah. If you want to be an anime girl, if you want to be a dragon, if you want to be a rat, oh, if you want to be can whatever. I quickly, can I tell the story of the dragon? Sure. Can Actually, that is... Okay. Well, we already went over our least favorite thing, but collectively, our least favorite example in this game is... Fucking Jameson Black. Okay, Jameson Black is the NPC or the PC character designed by one of the example PCs in the book. This NPC or this PC is named Melaneth. Yeah, Melaneth. Melaneth or something. It is a name that no one has ever named someone ever ever because elves aren't real. Yeah. But nope, this is the name of the human person that is making up a character. Remember when you used to be in like junior high and you'd get the math books and for some reason they were super diversity obsessed and so it'd always be like Pablo Esposito and Dances with Beavers have entered a room at the same time. No, this Melaneth is the name of a PC, not a, not a player. Just, yeah. It's not a player, it's a player character name. Don't don't name your goddamn character, your player Melaneth. It just confuses everybody. Yeah. It's anyway. Melanie. Fuck you. Yeah, it's Megan. Fuck it. God. So, Melaneth wants to make a character. She is interested in the history of China and Tibet. So she chooses to make a Tibetan dragon that doesn't like Chinese occupation, but hates himself for not doing enough about Chinese occupation. Uh, he is alcoholic. He doesn't really have any connection to Tibet, because he has a zero in, in, in estate, um, or domain, or whatever. And um, realm. He has a zero in realm. God, I hate those names. There's so <laughs> many AKAs. Yeah, his, his realm... His his chancel, he's not really big in. The chancel is a giant, hollowed-out mountain full of Buddhist monk stuff. Yeah. Um, it has, like, a whole-page description of the po positives and negatives that are associated with creating this mighty chancel. Uh, he's an alcoholic, and because he is a Tibetan dragon who hates China and lives in Tibet and defends Tibetan, Tibetan Buddhist principles, his name is Jameson Black. I hate... That shit so goddamn much. Jameson Black? Yeah, you know, the famous Tibetan dragon name of Jameson Black. Isn't that a Superman villain? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, no, the fact that I think she just... Like, I, I, I think, think she had a hat 
of names and was just pulling that shit out at random. Well, I think she just went with one of those names that, like, a Vampire the Masquerade LARP would approve of. <laughs> like, I'm Jameson Black. I'm from Chicago. Just, uh, that's that's where into but I, I, no one pointed out. No, you're playing a Tibetan dragon. Like she's not playing a human. She's playing a dragon who can turn into a human. Yeah, named herself Jameson Black, presumably because her character drinks a lot of Jameson and and huh. I, has never seen a black person. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So there you go. That's um that's the worst character. Oh, uh, by the way, you split you flip the script, so you better finish this shit right. Oh, yeah. All right. So Jeff, mm. would you, given the opportunity, play? No Billis. Yes. Would you though? Yes, I really would. I would actually, <laughs> I would legitimately play this game. However, I would start by stripping out every single reference to flowers, uh, all of the backstory. Uh, I would make it so that the players don't have to make their own, uh, guy who's in charge of them, and they don't, if they don't want to, they also don't have to live in their, they don't have to make their magic fairy kingdom that they live in. They can build their chancel if they want to, but they don't need to. Uh, I would strip all of that out so that I have a chance of understanding what's going on. Um, because I think that there is some merit to the concept of a diceless RPG that's this collaborative storytelling based. There's merit to collaborative storytelling. It's fun. You and I have personally sat down and played a whole game of Marvel superheroes where our two characters went to college and did not use a die roll at any point ever. Yeah, man, I ran that shit. We all took turns running that shit. It was hilarious. So there are collaborative storytelling examples in the world of fun games you can play. And I think this could be one of them if you scraped off 15 pounds of... I don't even know what you call this stuff on top. It, it, it's bird shit frosting. It's, it's, it is, it's flowers. It is a, a labyrinth of floral language and backstory that is unnecessarily deep. There you go. That's a perfect way to describe it. Because I, like I said before, I actually think a lot of it's fairly interesting. If it was a Neil Gaiman book, you could sign me up. But I, I, I'm supposed to play this thing. <laughs> yeah. I don't need to play Neverwhere. <laughs> uh, although I would love to. Someone make that. Uh, okay, uh, John, would you play Nobilis? City of City Violence. Of violence. <laughs> <laughs> Chancel of Violence. Chancel of Violence. I am the power of violence. Yes. <laughs> oh, shit. Man, I just sold myself on that. You sell yourself on it as long as everyone plays as one of the RPGs we've done before? Yeah. Oh, I am the power of Starfleets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would I would definitely play in it. It seems like something that would be really interesting. And the fact that it is a fully free-form, non-dice-based game... I think your your Hollyhock God. Oh yeah, that goes too. Would end up being your GM. Mm-hmm. Would end up actually, I think, having more fun with it as well. Because mm-hmm. I think a lot of the problems of sitting there and you go, all right, and your PC is controlling his dude, and he does this awesome thing, he does that awesome thing, and then the GM gets to go, all right, these four mooks go, and this mook misses, this mook misses, this mook. Hits you. This mook misses. That guy hit me. That's bullshit. I use a reactive power, so he doesn't. Okay. Uh, yeah. The fact that you get to go, hey, you know what? Fuck you. This is excrucian shows up, and he turns your plane into fucking dust. I don't even give a shit. Figure it out, fuckers. And then, you know, your players get to go, oh, well, I'm the power of air, so I use air, and I condense the dust into a ball beneath me, and I stand on it, and I'm lifted up by air. And you're like, well, that's fucking great. That's a... Level four creation. Do you have foreign domain? No. Great. Use a fucking miracle point. Fun. Super fun. And, you know, the only part of the game that it isn't right in front of you is not, you don't necessarily know the defense values of the dudes you're fighting against. So sometimes your miracles that you fire at them will just miss because they have a higher spirit than you do. That's the only thing about the game that's not right out in the open. Yeah. And so it's, it's if a- you, if you had a sheet that was just put it in front of all the players, it has the full list of all the miracle types, the costs, and uh what you can do, then uh everyone has their own four stats, and you just go to town, and it would be fine. Yeah, it, this. so if any of you you listeners, you intrepid few, are actually like fans of Jenna Moran, and, and if it, I, for God's sake, I think this book's still in print, so if she ever finds out about this, let it be known, we liked the concept of this game. We would both, we, this is a rare vo- double yes vote. There's only been three of those. Yeah, and it's, it is super rare, and, uh, the fact that it's happened a couple times in a row now is, uh, really crazy. I know, we really need to review something worse. <laughs> so, uh, so that's, that's right. This is a rare double yes. We'd play it. You need to scrape off 14 pounds of doilies and pros, but after that, we would play it. Yep. There you go. So that's Nobilis. That is Nobilis.
city of violence. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> okay. Okay, so as always, this has been System Mastery, the podcast. You can find us at SystemMasteryPodcast.com, System Mastery on Twitter, System Mastery at gmail.com, or probably most importantly, our Facebook page called System Mastery. If you have an idea for a RPG that you would like us to review, whether or not it's out of print, whether or not it's any good, by all means, leave the comment somewhere on our web zone. And we will get right to it. This this RPG in particular is was recommended by more than one listener. So yeah, we've we, got a couple people who recommended this, so we went and took your recommendation. Thanks very much for that. I hope you guys read this fucking thing, because it's 302 pages of about 20 pages of material. Uh. All right, so that, I think, wraps it up. John, you got anything else? I ain't got shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, then I am the god of peace out. Peace out.